Hi, everyone. Welcome back to View from the Mount, where we talk about real-life issues through a biblical lens. I'm Matt, and as always, I've got Jason here with me. And today's episode, we're going to talk about Christian unity. Absolutely. I, I think this is long overdue. It's kind of surprising that we haven't actually had this as a topic yet. Yeah, I think it is. And it's a weird thing because there's people who fall on either side of this issue. Obviously, anybody who's observed Christianity in America and across the, the world, you'll see that there's you know a thousand different denominations out there. And, and some won't associate with each other at all because of their differences. And others uh, seem to sort of flock together as if there were no differences in what they believe. And so we kind of want to talk about what sort of unity should we see in the church? Yeah, and, and what type of unity do we want to preserve uh, as Christians. So what does that exact, how do we define our term? And, and so we certainly see confusion yeah. in terminology. So when some people say we want unity, what they mean is union. Yeah. And so we'll get into that a little bit and really to set up the uh, issue just a little bit. Uh, one of the passages that comes to my mind, Matt, is Jesus's you know, kind of what we call his high priestly prayer in yeah. John 17. Right. And and in that prayer, uh, he he prayed for himself and he prayed for his disciples. And then he prayed for those that were to come after. And he said, Father, I pray they may be one as you and I are one. Mm-hmm. So the world might know that you sent me. Yeah. And that's one of the evidences, obviously, that we're to present to the world is that unity that we find. Okay, in one so another. if that's the case, what does the what does the world see? Nobody nobody's gonna. You said there's two, you know, two sides to this, or people all over the spectrum with it. But nobody is. Uh, nobody would say I'm against unity. Right now, where we're gonna come to is what that means exactly. But if you're just driving down the road and you're looking for united Christianity, you're not gonna see it. No. And I think it's important to to point out that what Jesus prayed for was not the the illusion of unity. It wasn't this idea that everyone would be seen to be getting along just fine and and you know all sort of pulling in one direction. It, it was a unity in what they believed and what they stood on and the yeah. you know the authority of the word to be united in Christ is to presume that we're all in Christ and that we all believe what He taught right. us through so, His word. So kind of to address the problem, you know, we have hundreds upon hundreds of denominations, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the flavor, uh, that you could possibly want. And, and to denominate means to divide from. Yeah. Um, and, and so we have all these denominations that's really thrown the world into confu- confusion. And, and those divisions that, we, that exist, whether that's starting way back early in the church's history into modern times, they're not over petty differences. They're over, there's some substantive doctrines that have caused separation, schisms, divisions mm-hmm. between these churches. Yeah. And so as we kind of go through this, I think the call really here is not to start start a bunch of infighting among these different congregations. It's how do we get to the root of what are these disagreements? And if they matter, if they're if they're mm-hmm. related to a core Christian doctrine, we can't profess to love one another and ignore that problem. Because right. that's a that's a spiritual problem. You mean doctrine problem. Correct. So so when when like there is movements towards unity. Yeah. Uh, in Christianity at large. And most of the time, what they mean is let's break down any denominational labels. Let's not talk about doctrine. Right. Uh, or, or at least not talk about primary doctrines even, but let's just all 
hold hands and sing songs and we're, we'll just agree to disagree right. becomes the mantra. I have a problem with that. Yeah, and, and depending on the nature of what we're disagreeing about, right? I mean, so it's okay, I think, if we disagree about whether to use an instrument in, this, in the church service or, or what not, type of instrument. Know? And I think it's silly to draw a test of fellowship from that and draw a line in the sand over something like that where we can disagree. Right. But if we disagree on... How do we enter the church? Where where is salvation found? You know these types of things. Where's the authority? Is it in the Word of yeah. God or is it in my feeling inside of me? Right. You know? and, and is it is it important? So it, there becomes a question of what's essential doctrine. Yeah. What do you have to believe to be in to be mm-hmm. united together? And and so that that becomes one of the the core questions that that we certainly would have to to address. But um, we're if you just take a scan through scripture, you see there's at least from Romans through third John, yeah. right? Right until you get to the book of Revelation. The the sub, subject matter is varying, but primarily two things. One is correcting false doctrine, and second is urging some type of unity within the church. Those two things occupy the most time and space. Yeah. So it's important. Unity is incredibly important. It's our goal. It's our aim. It's what we want to strive for. And it's always been under attack. Unity. Right. Sure. And and I think I think we can find a clue of, as to why that is in, in Jesus's prayer. It's because through that unity, the world will know that that God sent mm-hmm. Christ. And so of course, you know, the enemy is going to attack that, that unity because it, it destroys our credibility. Well, to and the, the two world. maybe go hand in hand, right? Because if they're the the doctrinal problems were leading to divisions. Yeah. It, it, they weren't isolated completely. So like in Corinth, you have all these problems in the church, but you have people dividing into camps. Yeah. And as far as we know, the problem really wasn't based on unity. It was based on style, right? I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I am of Cephas. So four chapters in first Corinthians is, Hey, be united. Christ isn't divided. Paul wasn't crucified for you. Be united within a congregation. Yeah. Among believers who agree on core doctrine. Mm-hmm. So we can see, yeah, some of these schisms take place within the church, you know, factions can break out. But what we really, I think, are driving at is, you know, that we can be patient with one another in these areas of, of liberty, right? We're, we're, it, right? It's not a solid thou shalt from the Lord, but there are things that are critical, and, and there are things that are dividing points, but, you know, Jesus made what we sometimes call these life or death statements, right? right. If, you, if you don't believe in me, you'll die in your sins. Absolutely. If, if you're not born again, you can never see the kingdom of God. These types of statements. And so when we get together with, with a group of folks that don't believe some of these core values it, and we don't confront that, it's not loving. It's not no, unified it is, to do that. And it's, it's disingenuous. It is. And and if, if it's a life or death statement and, and you're on the side that Jesus said does not lead to life, we have a responsibility to reach out to those people. It's, we, and we it's not about I'm right and you're wrong. It's about let's all bow to the right. authority of, of the word. But I put if, if we disagree on plan of salvation, I put somebody on my prospect list. Right. That disagrees on how to be saved. Mm-hmm. Not on not on my church membership, church role book. And and so Really, the question has to, has to be: What is essential? Yeah, and what is not essential? What what would threaten our unity as brothers in Christ? What things are there? Because 
you know, we might be able to say, well, everything's important. And, and I think everything that God's word reveals is mm-hmm. important because God reveals it for a reason. But not everything is given the same weight. No. And Jesus, when asked, you know, the greatest commandment, he gave a greatest commandment and he gave a right. second greatest. So even he outlined a sort of hierarchy there and what was most important. So I, I like to use uh, that passage in Ephesians 4. Mm-hmm. To help me uh, understand that, I don't. I don't think this is intended to be exhaustive, right? Uh, but but Ephesians four begins with a plea to preserve unity, right? Yeah. Make every effort. So we ought to make every effort to preserve the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Yeah. And he goes on, and I and and he lists seven things, mm-hmm. uh, and and these aren't disconnected. So he tells make make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. And then he gives, for there is, and he says, seven ones. I, I tend to think those are prerequisites mm-hmm. for unity. If we don't agree on those seven one things, we can't have unity. We can have union. I can love you. We can spend time together. We can uh, do things together. We can work for a cause together. But we can't have real Christian unity. Yeah. And, and Christ taught that a body, right, divided against itself can't stand, right? I mean, we, right. so we can't, if there's one body, which is the first of these ones in Ephesians right. 4 that we see, there's one body, which is the church. We're the body of Christ. So I guess the the real logical uh, contradiction that comes right up there is if, if, if we've got one church here and one church down the street and they disagree on some of these critical issues, yeah. we can't say they're each a church because we see that there's one body, right? So, so there's the church and there's not the church. And so we have to identify some of these critical things that we're about sure, to get and into. That, and that, that becomes incredibly uh, perce- perceived and is incredibly narrow Sure, uh, in, but, in, in the approach. But, but here's what we can't do. We cannot have unity at the expense of truth. Right, right. That's not unity. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what the world wants. Let's just have the, you know, and, and I've heard different things, you know, just a couple examples in my life. One is like... I've always been pressured when I move somewhere new to join uh, some type of ministerial association in the area, which usually involves preachers uh, from a wide variety of different denominations coming together to organize community events and maybe events for a lot of good. I've never felt great about that. Yeah, I haven't felt good. I don't feel good about that because I can't pretend that the major doctrinal gap doesn't exist. Right. And again, it's not about shunning those people. It's about like, I'm surrounded by people who... I think that they they're sincere in in their desire to serve, and yet they've been misled on something well, critical. And how, it, and how do I host an event? Ache, how know? do I host an event? Be a part of hosting an event, promoting an event. When somebody's get up preach, I have no idea what what substance they're going to preach, and let alone when it comes time to the conclusion of the matter, I have no idea what they're going to tell somebody to do to be saved. Sure, and and, and that's a that's an issue. We don't want to spread a false correct, gospel. But, but the popular majority of people would want that not to be an issue. Right. And, and would say, well, we need unity. We need unity. And I think it's a misunderstanding of the word un- unity. Yeah. Well, we're, you we know, need something to unite under. We're, we're pretending like a problem isn't there. Yeah. Right. And that, and that leads to bigger problems. We're letting people remain lost by not pointing. Look, Jesus told us that the door that leads to life is narrow, right? The way is narrow and few will find it. Yeah. And so this is not about, you know, while I'm standing on the narrow road and, and boasting about how all these other people aren't on it, it's about showing people the way in. We, we don't have the authority to broaden it. We can't widen the door in order to make other people feel good. It's our job to show people where the door you know, is. The thing I've heard people say, maybe you've heard this as well, we're, 
we're like the army and this other group is like the navy yeah. and they're and, and we're all a part of the same thing working to the same cause uh and and i don't believe that so there are implications to thoughts yeah and, and the implication is, if I believe that the Bible gives a clear plan of salvation, that means if somebody is teaching something other than that, that they're teaching wrong. Right. And that has salvific implications. Right. Uh, and I can't pretend that that doesn't exist. That's why Paul told Timothy, watch your life and your doctrine yeah. closely, for in doing so, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. If you don't, then it's a, it's a problem. So I, I don't understand why we're so afraid of carrying our our beliefs to their conclusion i think because for one when it comes right down to it we don't like to see people lost and i think admitting that to ourselves can be difficult and the, and the other thing is it's easy to sit here and say hey you know when the rubber meets the road we need to draw these lines where the bible draws them and then hold people to that but in, in real life with real people that gets very ugly. You know, people very often yeah. aren't going to hear that from you. They're just going to be, get upset. They're going to accuse you. You know, if you try to adhere to some sort of scriptural authority, well, that's legalism, you know, and they're just going to go the opposite direction. And, and instead of bringing real unity, you often find yourself being isolated, you know, where all these denominational churches are getting together in this big Christian community or what's perceived as such. And then, you know, you're standing there holding the Bible going, but but this says something different, and nobody wants to hear it. Right, and I don't, and I don't. I wouldn't disagree that there wouldn't be uh, positives involved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the big thing used to be promise keepers rallies, yeah. where uh, tens of maybe hundred thousand men would g- g- would gather somewhere, maybe Battle Creek, Michigan, or wherever else they would be hosted. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm sure it was a powerful thing to see people that many men singing songs to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sure men were caused in those events to be better husbands, be better fathers, pursue holiness. I'm sure that happened as mm-hmm. a result. Yeah. Um, and 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 maybe there's a place for that. Uh, I just don't think we should call that unity. Right. It's no. union. It's it's fellowship. It's togetherness. Is it? It's, I mean, it, fellowship has to be a com- there has to be a common sharing. Well, in terms of I'm talking about- What fellowship about, does light have with darkness? I'm talking about groups of people who get together and have a good time and, and lift, you know, leave uplifted by that. Now, I would argue about the the source of that emotional experience. You know, like I don't, I don't think that just because you get together with a bunch of people and do something mm-hmm. that's presumably a Christian activity and you leave feeling good doesn't mean that what you were doing has been pleasing to God. No, I, mean, I, I just meant in general, sin being abandoned, holiness being pursued, yeah, family being... Sin- those are those are positive uh, things, they even no, no matter what, they're good for good for society, good for the for the individual. Now we can have, uh, you know, we, we have different times we meet for different causes. Uh, you know, maybe we'd be involved uh, with varying groups mm-hmm. that we disagree on very important issues. Yeah. Uh, but it's for the cause of life, or it's for you know, it's pro-life, or it's um, whatever else the subject matter might be. We can have a union on those issues. Yeah, we and, can and, pursue a common goal in those arenas. You know, yeah. like I, I think about our Roman Catholic friends. I, I, you know, we can have a, some element of unity when it comes to pro-life issues, pro-family issues, yeah. because in general they've been at the forefront of of that. So right. we can. I would have no problem joining with them in a pro-life rally. Well, and I actually think there's a value in that because you're building a relationship there. But at some point, if you disagree on a point that's critical doctrine, 
you have to eventually be able to turn to that person and say, listen, I care about you. I'm concerned about your soul. And here's why. Let's look at what the scripture says about you know, A, B, and C. And so we're going to kind of talk about some of those key things. We talked about there's one body. Yeah. What, what other ones are we talking well, about? Well, there are here? seven, you know, and, and, and obviously I, I don't think the Lordship of Christ is typically debated. Uh, it is, it is. But, but you mentioned, Matt, that a lot of this comes down to a lot of the disagreements over core doctrine comes down to an issue of the authority of Scripture. It does. And, and that really is the authority of Christ. And so in that way, you know, in, in past times, God spoke to us in many ways, but in these last days, He's spoken to us through His Son. Like, we, the Word of God is, is the Word of Christ. I mean, He's called the incarnate Word. And so right. when people don't bow to the authority of Scripture— they really are denying. Yeah, we're Christ's to contend. We're, we're to contend for the faith that has been once and for all delivered to the saints. And 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 the word means what it means. I mean, the scripture tells us that that scripture is not of private interpretation. It, it right. Means no, no. Now, if we're fair, if we're fair, and we take a step back, there are people that believe equally as much as we do in the authority of scripture, but have come to different conclusions. Correct. On what that authority says, I don't think that. Uh, and and ultimately, it is an authority issue. It is a. Uh, valuing tradition, uh, or, or or at least allowing tradition and bias to influence your uh, exegesis. Yeah, but I, but I I sort of welcome those sorts of conversations. Let's dive into the word together. I'm not saying that I necessarily know everything and have it all figured out. And if someone can sit down with me with the word and open God's word together, and they can show me scripturally where I'm wrong, I'll move my position to be in line with the scripture. But I think we have to get there because there's a lot of folks who will say. You know, I've I've had people point blank tell me when I'm having these conversations, like I don't care what that says. Right, I, I have know, to. I know what I feel. I know what I experienced. I know this. I know that, and it's all based on this. We're looking for a loophole. Subjective. Do, do, do it. And I, and I don't. I get, it's very frustrating because if we're not gonna if we're not gonna agree on what the scripture says, we have no basis to come to any sort of unity. Right. We have to be united on that. There is one Lord. So so if we're talking about the authority. Uh, the idea of of complete submission to that authority, uh, we have to be united. Now, now that lordship, we might have different conclusions about other things, yeah. and we still hold Jesus, uh, his word is authoritative. Uh, and that's where either we have to come up with some means or some personal means of what di- what uh, what's going to break fellowship, what's going to break that Christian bond. Mm-hmm. You know, if we use the phrase unity in Christ, unity in Christ, and I think that's what Ephesians does over and over again, we have to conclude at some point in time, what does in Christ actually mean? Yeah. And and, and how do you get there? And, right. I mean, it's, right. And matters. all those promises, I, you know, you read the scripture, right? There is now no condemnation in Christ. Mm-hmm. Romans 8, 1, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Yep. What, what do we mean by in Christ? Because we can't have real unity if I'm in Christ and you're not. Right. And so... I mean, scripturally, what we see to be in Christ is synonymous with being uh, united with him in his death and in his resurrection, right? The old self dies, you you rise to walk in a new life, you're clothed with Christ, Um, you're you're a new creation, and and all of those things uh, point in a single direction. There's a lot of things that it does not tell us to do into Christ. It doesn't tell us to just believe into Christ. It doesn't tell us to come up to an altar into Christ or say a prayer into Christ, um, there's there's a single path of salvation that the scripture lays out for yeah. us. And that's yeah, and very that, often where we disagree. And that is the flow of that Ephesians 1, right? Mm-hmm. One Lord, one faith, 
one baptism, right? Uh, which I think the Bible makes it very clear, Galatians 3, 26 and 27, Romans 6, 2 Thessalonians yeah. chapter 1, that, that that's the point in time, that's the pathway to obedience to the gospel yeah. and clothing ourselves, putting Christ on. Yeah. Uh, and, and so do, do we have to agree on baptism, on the subject, mode, and purpose of baptism? I mean, as as in terms of it being a, a part of the the plan of salvation, yeah, I think we have to agree on that. I do too. It's, if, if that's how we get into Christ, if Romans six tells us that we're baptized into His death, now I don't think people Peter, would disagree because baptism's been at the heart of many of these division denominational divisions over the years. Right. Whether that has to do with the subject, mode, or purpose uh, th- throughout the years, that yeah. that has been a, a core issue. So. No, we're not just harping on some peripheral issue. This has been historically an issue that has led to division. So, you know, whether that be whatever denomination might have emerged at whatever time, uh, as they came to different convictions about different things, they realized this is not just some movement that can happen, some disagreement that can happen within the church. This is something that has to happen outside of that causes us to break bonds. And I I believe there are issues that break bonds, not bonds of love. Right bonds of unity, and and I think the the big key there is, you know, there's obviously been these denominational movements away from Catholicism, which which was kind of a works based system, and and they went into a grace based system, which none neither of us would disagree that we're saved by grace, right? I mean, that scripture tells us that very clearly, um, but baptism, which was always you know taught by the apostles as as the point of salvation, right? We we believe we repent. We're baptized into Christ. That's that's kind of when you're entered into the church. And in, in terms of Acts two, that's what we see. Um, and so this this kind of got lost. It, it fell into this works category where people are like, "Well, you're doing something to earn." Well, your it's salvation. just the constant pendulum swings of right, of, uh, of overcorrection, overcorrection. And uh, you know, our, our we're beholden to the truth. Yeah, that's what we should be. We should be beholden to the truth. And uh, and and if God's word is the authority. If it's the authority, if it's infallible, I mean, we we can we can't take one scripture and use it to combat another. Where one scripture says we'll be baptized, and another says we'll just call on His name, and another says you're saved by your faith. All of those have to be true. One can't right. contradict another. It, they all have to come together and paint a picture of what God's plan for us has been. Right, and if, and if our doctrine doesn't allow us to practice a clear scripture, something's wrong with our theology. Right, and we see that right out of the shoot. right? Peter gave the first gospel sermon. 3,000 people were baptized and added to the church. It, it links them right there. And then the next thing it talks about is that they they uh, were united in 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 following the apostles' doctrine, right? The apostles' teaching. They stuck to what the apostles taught them to do, and they were united in that. And it, and it was when churches started straying from those things that we get all these epistles where Paul and, and Peter and these guys are constantly trying to correct these, these shifts in direction. And, and never does Paul, in any of his letters, give any idea that they should just learn to agree to disagree. No. Never does he say, put up with false teaching, right? put up with bad theology, he tells Timothy to silence false teachers. Yeah. He warns the Ephesian elders that savage wolves are going to come in uh, into their very midst. Um, and then he corrects ridiculous false teaching, yeah. uh, harshly sometimes. And so, uh, you know, the basic idea today is if we're going to have unity, we got to learn to zip our lips about certain things. Uh, we have to, and, and like I said, the phrase really becomes, let's agree to disagree. 
And man, that, that certainly doesn't stand, sound like the apostles. No, not on matters of life or death. And Paul was, he pulled no punches when it came to a false gospel. You well, know, the, that's no gospel The, the answer all. is not to agree to disagree. It's to redirect our theology under the, under the scriptures. Yeah. It's to, it might be to change our thinking. It might be to repent of, uh, of error. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It's not to pretend that your doctrinal heresy doesn't exist. No, and and we 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 need to set aside our our feelings and our shivers and our livers and our emotional responses to things, and we need to set the Bible up where it belongs, which is in the place of authority. And so, under that authority, let's study it out together. Let's find out what the Bible teaches, and then let's unite around that. That's what Christ was praying right. for. Because I've I've been I've had that thrown in my face numerous times trying to talk to people about Christ. And they're like, you all can't even decide what you believe, right? You can't agree. How am I supposed to know what church, you know, the church down the street is going to tell me another thing. Um, and, and an unchurched person isn't going to be impressed by me saying, well, it says in the Bible. I mean, a lot of people says what mm-hmm. they're teaching comes from scripture. Right. And so if we set that up as the authority, if, it, if it's the infallible word of God, if it's unchanging, if it doesn't need to be updated for the times or for our modern sensibilities, if it says what it says and it means what it means, then we have to bow to that. And if we all are doing that, if we're all bowing to the authority of a singular message, there's going to be unity, right? It, right. We don't have to make that special effort to make it happen. We're going to be unified in that we're all following we need, what the scripture teaches. We need unity on primary doctrines. Right. We need liberty and grace on what might be secondary right. doctrines. Uh, and and then and, w- and then we need complete freedom on preference, right? And and, and how and how do we practice? But here here's where the danger becomes on the other end of it. It becomes me elevating secondary doctrines or preferences to primary, yeah, and dividing with people over any and every disagreement. And and this is really uh, typical of a, a lot of movements, right? So they they'll, they'll say, "Oh, you disagree with me, you're out. Mm-hmm. You disagree with me on this style." You're out. Right. You disagree with me on this order of service. You're out. You know we have, uh, you know, flares within the flares. We yeah. have divisions within divisions that have been over secondary issues. So I think what we have to at least admit to ourselves is there are essential doctrines, there are non-essential doctrines, and there are preferences. Yeah, uh, we can be united. We can disagree on fairly uh, important issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have genuine. Uh, Attempts to interpret it, you know, and understand it. Where both neither one of us is being disrespectful to the authority of Scripture, um, and we just don't see eye to eye on on something. And yeah. of course, you'd be wrong, yeah, because I'm always right. Uh, Says you. Uh, well, <laughs> I was wrong that one time. I thought I was wrong, uh-huh. and uh, you know, what's funny is every I say that like when I'm teaching on Wednesday night. I'm like, hey, you can be wrong if you want to, or I'm always right. Every time, people think that's funny. It is kind of funny. I don't know if they think it's funny because, I, you know, it's true. Or... I'll give you a hint. They're not laughing with you. Ah. They're, they're laughing at you. Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> he still thinks that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they're, they're unified on that. They are unified on that. You know, you know and, and I'd say this, can, you know, add that we should have a unity of purpose. Yeah. Uh, we should have a unity of purpose. And a lot of churches lack a unity of purpose. Right. And it, they as do. well as a unity in doctrine, our unity in purpose to seek and save that which is lost. Well, and sometimes, and I think maybe just our our focus shifts. You know, like we're we're to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, and and, and focus on the cross, and be moving toward bringing people into unity with Christ. Um, 
And yet sometimes, you know, a lot of churches just get sidetracked. They start doing what brings people through the door, right? And and so you, you get a focus that shifts away from real conversion to some sort of entertainment model. And, and people mistake lots of activity for spiritual mm-hmm. life in a church. You know, like all this place is jumping. Right, there's a lot vitality. going on. There's a lot of excitement here. And and if, you, if, if what you're looking for is this emotional wave to ride, that seems very much like, you know, the Holy Spirit's at work or whatever. But you got to ask yourself, is what I'm seeing what Christ wanted from his church in the scripture? Is that, is right. this the mission? Is this well, what we ought to be? You know, and maybe what you're getting at is not, not all that glitters is gold. Right. And, and, you know, just because someone uh, lumps itself into the realm of Christianity doesn't mean that it's Christ honoring. Yeah. And, and so we cannot, we cannot ignore or set aside truth yeah. for anything well, we we cannot set aside truth for uh, for growth. We can't yeah. set aside truth for unity, uh, or we can't set aside youth because uh, truth because we think it works. Right, and and you know I've I've witnessed um, guys I've known who were a little older and and they had radically different beliefs politically, religiously. You know you, you might have you know a Catholic person and a Jewish person and a Protestant person. I know that sounds like a bad joke starting out, yeah. but like. At one time, people could be friends and have those differences, and they would talk about those things. They didn't avoid them. They they talk. They would debate. They would they would kind of challenge each other on these things and grow and progress in their thinking. Yeah. And I think that's really what we need to see. What I don't want to see is is you know we're putting out this message like, hey, just because we're all professing to be Christians doesn't mean that we're all united in what the Bible teaches, that doesn't mean to ostracize one another or browbeat each mean, other. Nor does it mean we're no. mean to people. You know, we, we live in a day and age where, you know, you kind of alluded to this. We can't debate. Debate used to be central to the public forum. Yeah. Right? You know, so like there would be a giant debate that was going to happen between two theologians. Right. Uh, you know, and I, I'd read some of these about these debates with Alexander Campbell, and they'd have these long debates. And the one that he was debating would stay at his house, and they'd sit on the front porch and uh, you know, have camaraderie, right? And then they'd go and argue with one another, and right. it and, and it didn't equate hate. No. So you and I debating an issue doesn't mean hate. Disagreement doesn't mean hate. We can argue and we can discuss right. and we can debate, and it doesn't have to be unloving. Now, it might not we might not be uh, be able to have a, a biblical unity, right? Because of the whatever that is, but we can have a friendship. We can you know, have a friendship, and, and, and we can talk about those things over the course of years. And and that's what I'm saying. It's not don't interact with each other. It's not don't come together. It's come together and stop pretending like we do, we agree on everything, or just stop stop not thinking about it at all. Bring those differences out. Let's, let's have just, a discussion. Let's just hold hands and sing kumbaya. Right. And, and instead of that, why don't we challenge each other a little bit? Listen, if you care about my soul and you think I'm misguided in this area of salvation, I would hope you would care enough to call me out on it. You know, peace between us doesn't mean you just caring too much about my feelings in the now to no. never challenge what I believe. If you think I'm possibly lost, you better say something. No, peace can't come at the expense of, of truth. No, it can't because, because truth is what's going to lead us to life. You know, Christ is the way, the truth and the life. And, and he, and he tells us in the sermon on the Mount, you know, on that last day, there's going to be a big crowd of people that are very surprised and confused who are going, you know, I, I called you Lord, Lord, and I did this and I, I did that in your name and I did these wonderful things. And he's going to say, I never knew you. So it's right. it's not about just doing the work. It's not about just having the, the good feeling and identifying as a Christian, right? It's about, does he know you? Are you in him?
him. Mm-hmm. And that very much matters. And if, if the scriptures tell us, here's how you do it, and here's how it happens, and here's when it happens, anything other than that isn't going to cut the mustard. No, it's error. And, and, it, and it's not only error, it's dangerous. It, well, people think that because God loves us, he really maybe isn't going to send anyone away on that last day, you know, that nobody's really going to end up in hell. And and the fact is, we cringe away from, you know, the thought that maybe someone is lost. And we try to soften those lines and we try to broaden that way in order to make people feel good. God doesn't have any compunction about that. He's not on the last day going to be like, well, I know I said this, but gosh, your heart's in the right place. Guess I'll let you in. You right. know, like it's not, that's not the picture that Christ paints. It's It's not. It's this very stark in or out, up or down, right? I mean, it's it's just the way that it is. Yeah. And so we have to be very sure that we're being united in this. And the ones who are united under what Christ taught, that is his church. That's the church that Christ established. And sure. so deciding, you know, taking a look around and, and if we're concerned that somebody has misunderstood that, then the correct course of action is let's have a conversation about it. Let's have a Bible study about it. Well, that's it. part of what make every effort to maintain the unity of the yeah. Spirit. And it might mean con- conf- confrontation. It might mean correction or rebuke. The Word of God is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. Yeah. And and so there might be times where we wield that weapon as a corrective tool mm-hmm. or, or as a rebuking tool. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so, uh, you know, so the two sides of this coin— one is we can't have unity without truth, but second, we don't want to disrupt unity over over things that are not essential core doctrine. Yeah, and and both those things are true. Yeah, they absolutely are. And, and so, both both are things that we've, you know, uh, uh, the churches have struggled with. Yeah, and and I, so I would encourage anybody who's listening to this episode, if you're still here with us, if we haven't upset you and you've turned it off. Um, if you've got someone with whom you disagree, you know, maybe it's one of us, maybe it's someone else. If if you are attending a church and you believe in Christ and and you uh, have accepted him and, and you think that someone else you know is in disagreement with you over one of these critical issues, have a conversation because yeah. either they need to change their mind or, or you do, you know, we, not everybody can be right. You know, law and non-contradiction, two contradictory things can't be true at That's the right. same time. You can't be both in and out. You know, you can't be both tall and short. Like, it, it has to be one or the other. And so we can't all be right. I know there's been this big push about, like, well, there's truth in all religions. Listen, if well, everything's true, nothing's true. It's hard to be on the same page when we're not all in the same book. Yeah, right. And not everybody is in the same book. And not everybody is using the same measure of authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we can go a long way if we just concede at the beginning that the Word of God's our only rule of faith and practice. Yeah. Because we're not going to get anywhere without that. If, if, if we're going to disregard that, we can't ever... Because it's just our, my opinion versus your opinion That's right. now. That's right. I think... Uh, Matt, I think we got this uh, pretty well covered. Do you have any uh, other thoughts on Christian unity? I don't, other than that, we just need to pursue it. You know, if if Christ was facing the cross, and this was so much on his mind, that this this is the prayer that he prayed, right. that he wanted us to be unified, it does matter. It's... He, it, we're, we're saying it's okay that we're all in these different denominations and this is all wonderful. That's not what Christ prayed for with this big final prayer. That's not what he would be satisfied with. We should be striving for unity, real unity in Christ, right. because that's what Christ desired. And we should be determined that we're going to come to a consensus on, on these. Things. Right, and we're never going to do it 
if we won't have the conversations. Nope. We can't just all pretend like, you know, peace, peace, but there is no peace. We can't pretend like there's not a division there. We have to talk about this stuff lovingly, patiently. It might take time, you know, but we've got to close these divisions. We can't just pretend like they're not there. And, and that means not ostracizing each other. That means getting together more often. That means having more conversations, real substantive conversations and praying about it and, and praying that that you've got the courage, you know, that I've got the courage that if I see in the word that what I've believed is wrong, that I'm willing to change to be in line with that because God has to be the boss. I, I can't be the boss. I don't want the job. Yeah, um, you do a bad job. I would. I really would. Um, all right. Yeah, I think we've got this sort of uh, talked out as yeah, far man, as we I'd can love talk to, it out. Any, anybody listening, I'd love your thoughts, comments, opinions, snide remarks. Absolutely. Uh, no. You can find us uh, on our website, our church website at lakemountchurchofchrist.org. You can find all these episodes uh, as well as sermons and lessons and that sort of thing. You can also find the podcast on Spotify, Audible, um, iTunes, a bunch of different places. If you, if you look on Facebook, you'll see links to everything. We just encourage you to like, subscribe, comment. Um, tell us what yeah, you really like helps or dislike. us out if you like if you, if you click the like button that helps us out a lot for other people to see what we're doing it does and and, and please comment as well we love to see what people think we, the real purpose of this is not to be an end-all be-all on a subject it's to be a, a the seeds of a conversation and so That's we right. want to have that conversation it just we just encourage you to be loving um, and patient with one another and with us as we go through this um, and so we really hope that you're getting something out of the out of the show and we will see you or you'll hear from us at least in a couple of weeks. Thanks a lot for joining us.